0: Welcome to State House Soundbites, WITF's Pennsylvania Politics Podcast. I'm Katie Meyer, State Capitol Bureau Chief for WITF. You can hear my reports on public radio stations across the state. With me today are two state capitol reporters. We've got Karen Langley with the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Hi, Karen. Hey, good to be here. And we've got Dennis Owens with ABC27.
1: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for coming down. So, you guys... um, It's sort of a busy time of year, but there's also a lot of information that we don't know at this point because it is budget season. Before we get into that, I want to talk about uh, where we just were We're recording the podcast an hour later than usual because we got a visitor, our very own U.S. Democratic Senator, Bob Casey, um, and he was here to talk about the new... Health care bill. So, uh, early takeaways. What I've uh, heard a lot from people on both sides of the aisle on this. You know, Dennis. Well,
1: one of my takeaways is he was really fired up, and that is uncharacteristic for our uh, senior senator here in Pennsylvania, uh, calling the Republican health care bill uh, obnoxious and uh, obscene, and insisting he's going to do everything he can to make sure it doesn't pass. And he called on all the people in the rotunda, and it was a good number of them, uh, to call senators not only theirs presumably that's pat toomey the republican in pennsylvania and other state senators urging them to vote no on this but he said i'm taking nothing for granted you're going to hear that there aren't enough republican votes but he goes i don't i'm not going to assume that that's true because i think that will when they get pressured they will change their vote so we need to do everything we can to let them know this bill's bad
0: Yeah, um, and he did say to us, like, you know, he thinks that there is a very good chance that this bill could pass. So I do want to talk about, we've had, uh, you know, different takes on this from across the state. Uh, A lot of people saying that it's, well, Republicans tend to support this bill. I think a lot of people have even more positive reactions to this than they did to uh, the American Health Care Act that the House passed. Um, But uh, so, you know, a couple of things that this would do. First off, it would probably increase the burden on, on states, states to pay for Medicaid. And in a state
1: like Pennsylvania, which currently has a $3 billion deficit, how's that going to play?
0: Well, exactly. So, I mean, Karen, how do you think this fits into our overall fiscal concerns that we've had here?
2: Well, that was that was a big point that we were hearing from um, one of the state officials who was speaking, um, saying that, you know, that, that this would take away Medicaid money from Pennsylvania and that, you know, we are already... Uh, the, the legislators are currently right now in the process of scrounging around for money to try to figure out how to balance the budget, and that this could blow an, an additional hole into it on top of their ongoing problems. Right. So, so tying into the fiscal aspect as well as as the. Um, Concerns for, for people about how their health care would be affected. I thought it was
1: interesting you mentioned that the, this is different from the House version. Uh, and uh, Insurance Commissioner Teresa Miller, who was at the, the rally, said, yeah, that's like saying, okay, it's not abominable, it's just terrible. You know, <laughs> the, 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 those that's her view of the two things. And, and she also pointed out that Donald Trump on the campaign. Stage, On the stump, said that it was going to be cheaper. It was going to cover more people, and and basically painted this picture. None of those things are actually true in what's being presented here.
0: Sure. So, um, you know, what are we guys hearing from Republicans? in the state. Well,
1: mm-hmm. I'm actually covering this today. I, I, I haven't heard specifically from state Republicans. I have heard, although te- Pat Toomey kind of gave it a tepid uh, endorsement Pat, yeah, yesterday I mean, in God a Hume statement. Helped,
0: he helped to write it. So yeah. He hasn't said whether or not he's going to vote for it. I think he's waiting to see if the House changes it.
1: But I'm running down to the state Republican Party and the Conservative Commonwealth Foundation, both actually on State Street as his yeah. little lamps here. They are, quote, quote, they're supportive, saying that it's a step, quote, in the right direction, saying that. Because here's the other thing. Obamacare is not exactly like it's this pristine and perfect thing on the hill and somebody's trying to knock it down, there are problems with Obamacare as well, and they believe that the Medicaid costs that we're talking about are runaway and unsustainable, and this starts to rein them in. That's what that's the initial take I'm getting from conservative groups here in Harrisburg.
0: Yeah. Um, and I do think the bottom line that it's going to come down to, and I don't think Republicans would really contest this, is that it will put a little bit more onus, or a lot more onus, on states to pay for Medicaid in various ways. One of the things, by the way, I think is worth noting is that, I mean... It would either make states, I think, choose between limiting enrollment or limiting per person costs, so that so there are they're, they're caps that are imposed on states. So, a lot of that is going to be technically up to states. So I think that's something that uh, is going to come out a lot in the federal you know, pitch of this bill. That uh, you know they could keep Medicaid um, allocations as high as they always have been, but it's going to cost more. For a state like Pennsylvania and that was
2: one of the points that Senator Casey was emphasizing that a lot of this um, uh, under this proposal will come down to the states you know but both in things like like funding but then also in in what kind of requirements um, what would the states keep? Um, for insurance plans. And this is part of his argument for why this doesn't just affect people on Medicaid, but also um, even people with employer-based health insurance. The other thing a
1: little odd, a popular word since Obamacare has come into place is repeal, right? Well, the word of the week really should be reveal. Like, show us what the heck is in the bill. And they were really obscure and obtuse about that.
0: Right. Worth noting, I think uh, Senator to- uh, Toomey said yesterday and Senator Casey said today, they're still working through this bill because it's really long. They haven't read the whole thing yet. Um, I think Senator Casey did say he's gotten he's read his,
1: almost all, of all it.
0: the Medicaid stuff yeah. at least and then there's some other stuff he hasn't gotten to yet. But He I'm was getting, holding a copy with him and he said yeah. he's going to keep carrying pages, it around. Yes. He's going to carry it around, but then it, he's going to burn it later. He'll put it in a dumpster, <laughs> I think. He <laughs> he said. In dumpster, yes. Yeah, either or. So, obviously, Bob Casey Not a fan. Pat Toomey, probably a fan, but he's being close to the vest as he is to do. Um, All right, so anything else you guys want to add on that? Just
1: keep our eyes open. And and look, the devil's always in the details, and I don't think all the details are out there yet.
0: Right. all right. So speaking of details not being out there yet, um, state budget—it's due in five voting days, a week from today—and um, we don't know a whole lot about it. Um, both of you have covered multiple budgets before. I, you know, talking to people—this is only my second one—but it seems like we know less at this point this year than we usually do.
2: What I would say is that there, there is. Um, there seems like there is less uh, concern and like anxiety in the building than often in, in previous years yeah. at this point. There's a point. bit
1: of a nonchalance, isn't there?
2: Yes. Yeah, so p- people seem really relaxed. I've taken to asking folks, you know, do you care about the June 30th budget You know, after that nine-month impasse that we went through? Is it not a big deal anymore? Do you think they're desensitized to and deadlines? That, that's what I was wondering. And, you know, the, the leaders claim, no, no, we do care about the June 30th deadline, um, although it sounds like they may... Maybe um, tying the importance of that deadline more to the, the spending portion, the general appropriations, which seems like a little more under control than how to pay for it, right. the I revenue think portion. I do
0: want to note, because I think a lot of people get confused when the legislature says, they said this last year, that they had passed a budget June 30th. But if they pass a spending plan, that's not the budget because right. they haven't passed a way to pay for it. And that is a very important distinction to be making. Because and we're still
1: waiting on the gambling money that they put in last year's budget, right. by the way, which they never bothered to get around passing.
0: Well, exactly, they had like, what, it was $150 million in gaming revenue that they put into their spending plan, but that they should have passed a bill to, you know, make that happen, and they never did. So that's just an example of, you know, the fact that the spending plan doesn't mean anything unless you have a revenue plan that backs well,
1: it I've actually, It's funny you bring that up, because I've been considering a story about what a sham the whole thing is. In other words, <laughs> we want to trumpet fanfare guys in red coats uh, and blowing bugles saying, oh, we've passed a budget and they do a big thing. The fact is, for the last several budgets, the money doesn't add up mm-hmm. for it. That the, the money isn't there to support what it is they say they have.
0: Well, and I think that kind of goes to people have been comparing this situation to what happens in the federal level, which I mean, year by year, they say they passed the federal budget, but that doesn't really mean too much because you know it's all done in smaller increments, and like a, a an entire budget bill that changes things all at once rarely happens anymore.
1: But, well, and in Pennsylvania, it only has to balance, in theory, on paper for two seconds, right, and then. And you, then, then you it's pass constitutional right. muster. But as for the deadline, I asked Governor Wolf last week. I said, where well, are you going to make the deadline? To which he said to me, what do you consider the deadline? Right. It's to which I of- said, what do you consider the deadline? And he said, well, if it's the first couple weeks in July, it's fine with him. So,
0: yeah. So, so we might
1: be headed there.
0: We say the mm-hmm. j- deadline is June 30th, but it appears that... Well, the as- Constitution
1: kind of says that, too. Well, uh, yes. Yeah, pesky little thing.
0: Pesky Constitution. <laughs> but clearly in previous years, that has not stopped them from not making that. Okay, so... We don't have a whole lot of ideas about what they're going to do. Um, just kind of to set the scene. The number I think that they're talking about most often right now is 2.2 billion, and that is that's according to some... for the money that they have to for the money they have to come up, to come up with. That's the, the bottom line. The overall spend
1: is about 31.8, right? 31.8 billion. Is the right. Right? billion. Yeah.
0: yeah, and that's sort of a number that falls between what the House proposed back in April and what Governor Wolf proposed in February. Um, and so I think they are, and as you said, Karen, they're kind of close on the spend number, but. That $2.2 billion, so that's $1.5 billion that uh, was short in this past year's budget. So that goes to show you, I mean, it, I think that pretty much proves that this bus- budget wasn't truly balanced right. that they passed last year. Um, and then an additional $700 billion or so in new revenue that they don't know where it's going to come from yet. So, you know, there's a couple... Places this could come from, uh, Karen? I think you and Angela had a story, uh, Angela Columbus with the Philly Inquirer, um, about a few of the uh, places where we could look.
2: Yeah. So, so um, you know, the the, the different um, f- folks involved here, whether it's the governor or the, the Republican leaders in the in the two chambers, have different ideas here. Like Governor Wolf has continued to call for for a severance tax on natural gas drilling. Republicans seems like it's not That's happening. That's going
1: nowhere, according to Jake Corman no, this week. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Um, a big difference from the previous years under Governor Wolf. Is he's no longer asking to raise the personal income tax or the sales tax rates. Like he said, them you know months and months ago that yeah, he, he wasn't going to ask for that. Right. Um, that the House Republicans wanted to bring in new money through uh, additional liquor privatization and expansion of, of those sales, and through a big expansion of gambling. And the Senate had indicated that it might be okay with some expansion of gambling, but not necessarily to the degree that the House is looking at. Um, like gambling has been a big part of this revenue conversation all along, but you know we're uh, getting very close to, to this June 30th deadline that we've been discussing, and there is not a lot of you know sign that that there is agreement there right
1: and there's a fight i think between senate republicans and house republicans house want much more aggressive gambling mm-hmm. including video gaming terminals vgt's you've no doubt if you have a television seen the commercials um, for for this the those opposed to it uh which would put these uh slot like machines in bars restaurants taverns pizza shops that kind of thing um so that that's where the fight is the house supports that the Senate we're not quite sure yet it's still with the balls in their court but they're leaning no I think I think on that, the, VGT. On that the VGTs. seems
2: like it seems like there's opposition from from different perspectives from people who feel like um, you know it, it, it's not good for for the the social fabric of a community to have that many additional um, gambling outlets in a town um, also from from the perspective of uh, not threatening the casino business that has been established in the state that, you know, makes money for right. the state and then that's, um, um, and and that some legislators don't want to And the cannibalize
1: casinos in the lottery. Yeah,
2: that's right. right. Um,
0: I do want to talk a little bit more about that b- borrowing that they may do because that's sort of a, that's been a contentious thing in the past uh, you know Republicans have sort of they're, they're sort of hitting everywhere on the spectrum on where they stand on this Jake Corman was saying it's a possibility but we're nowhere near definite on it. Um, people who aren't leaders have tended to talk more favorably about it I think because they can't see where money would come from otherwise. Um, so I, what this, I mean, what would happen, and I think it's worth noting that I think well, Governor Rendell attempted to get some sort of a borrowing, uh, I think it was back in 2009, and the Republicans shut that down. So um, there's some precedent for this not working, but other states do it. It can be done responsibly, I think. The question is, you know, we'd have a lot of interest to pay back if we do this. So, um, and this would be, I think, to clarify, it's like borrowing against a state asset. So I think the best way to word it is... Um, yeah, le- leasing a state asset to a private company and then um, it's, you know leveraging a loan that way and paying back long term so I mean it, it, there's some legitimate concerns with that right
2: I, I was surprised to hear that this was, was an idea um, you know be, being discussed by Senate Republicans but I was also surprised then when I asked the Speaker of the House Mike Terzai, about it who' who's, you know like pr- promotes fiscal conservatism, and that he didn't rule it out. He he said that they hadn't seen a proposal yet.
1: As Um, opposed to a Marcellus tax, which they'll immediately rule out. So you know, (laughs) no way, we ain't going there, but the borrowing, which critics will say, is really kicking today's financial problems down the line. Kicking the
0: can down down the the road. 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 And and
1: if you look at the problem we've had with pensions, which we're currently digging ourselves out of, that's what that was too, is kicking the problem that that somebody should be seeing that that's pretty short-sighted policy.
0: Right. Um, So I, I suppose, and like there's other are there any other proposals you guys have heard about that's pretty much the main stuff at this point right i think those are the big ones yeah so that doesn't by the way add up to a ton of revenue well um, and the
1: other answer is where where more can we cut
0: where more right. can we cut and well, it, it, they also seem i think senator corman did say they don't want to cut right. education too much further um from like governor wolf's proposal which really flat funds it from last year um it adds i think a moderate increase hundred million, million which i mean it is an increase but not a huge one um so i suppose then do we really have to have a budget that's balanced i mean it doesn't seem to be the case and it doesn't seem like they're really going to even shoot for that i think mark levy are the ap reporter in the capital called it a get out of town So we've been right. hearing that phrase a lot this week um, a catchy phrase <laughs> a very catchy phrase because indeed when they passed the budget they leave for the whole summer and we have nothing to do for several months so um
1: well it's a a funny question you ask and i often wonder to the average person listening to this and the average person on the street and your neighbors and your friends and your family does it really matter yeah i mean Are they impacted by whether or not it's done on June 30th and whether it balances in nine months or not or it's already out of balance? Yeah. And do we just continue doing what I call chewing gum and bailing wire budgets until the economy turns around and then all the investment things work better and then all of a sudden deficits disappear, yeah. which happened with both Tom Ridge and Bill Clinton. So Bill Clinton is the president, Tom Ridge is the governor. Ed Rendell is the mayor. The economy just went took off and all of a sudden happy days are here again.
0: Right. Well, <laughs> but,
1: but your point is, does <laughs> yeah. it impact the average person if these guys don't and women don't quite balance the budget perfectly?
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, I guess it remains to be seen. It seems
2: like it matters to the ratings agencies. It does. Um, well, and, you know, in, if, 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 unless you're going to get a, a great, you know, boom of growth, it it, it could, you know, then be a, like a, a self-perpetuating downward situation for the state. Right. And that does seem to be the risk.
0: But in terms of it is difficult to point to immediate consequences of not properly balancing a budget, which I think is the problem. These it issues is, seem and, remote. and
1: people tell you the problem is you say not immediately balancing. We haven't really been balancing them now for a number of years. I think, honestly, like 2008
0: may have been the last budget that was truly... Uh, and that's
1: what frustrates Governor Wolf. He yeah. wants a real revenue stream and not what he calls a gimmick budget. And, yeah. But yet, what leverage does he really have? I mean, he's going to get, I guess, what they give him, and he doesn't seem to be showing much resistance, at least lately
2: yeah <laughs> it, yeah i mean we are seeing you know a, a different governor than we were during the standoff i mean perhaps for good reason not right. to say that he should have taken from that that we need another standoff right
0: well uh, i think that's a good way place to leave the budget conversation we'll hopefully know more at the beginning of next week uh, but you know remains to be seen um, about two minutes and then we're going to call it quits we got to do a short podcast today uh, anything else you guys were looking at this
2: week Well, um, you know, even though we have not seen The governor and the Republicans, you know, come together on the the revenue problem yet. We did see uh, Governor Wolf and then Speaker Terzai together at the signing of a bill to to change some graduation requirements um, that are set to take effect in the future for uh, students who are in career and technical education programs, you know, whether that is um, welding or carpentry or any other number of other career oriented courses. Um, There are standardized exams that, that are set to become a graduation requirement in Pennsylvania in, for students in a couple years from now um, having to have passed those classes to graduate. And um, there was criticism that this was drag or would be possibly in the future dragging career and technical ed students out of the classes that they were taking you know, for the jobs they wanted to get um, if they had not passed those exams. Now uh, the state will have different ways that, that those students um, can qualify for graduation. So that was sort of a nice bipartisan bill. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yes, and, but one thing that's interesting that also happened this week regarding the Keystone exams is Senator Andrew Dinneman called for the complete, and John Eichelberger, by the way, up, there's bipartisan, I think there's 47 senators out of 50 on yep. this bill to completely eliminate the Keystone exams. We spent a ton of money on them, over $1.8 billion over the last eight years right. on these standardized testing and a lot of class time for kids that, and teachers to, test, to teach to the test is the criticism. He wants to just do away with it and exchange it for SATs. Also in that bill, a change in the way teachers are evaluated to include parents... And evaluations and student evaluations. And uh, this is something that's uh, going to be very interesting moving forward.
2: Absolutely. This is an excellent point that it may be that no students have to pass these exams to graduate. (laughs) Stay tuned. All right.
0: Well, on that note, uh, we're going to cut it off there. Uh, We'll be back next week, hopefully, with some more budget intel. Until then, thanks for listening. I'm Katie Meyer. And thanks to Karen Langley. Thank you. And to Dennis Owens. Thank you very much. All right. See you next week.